0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Play Sheet Podcast. My name is Charles, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Joe. Hi there, Charles. I don't know any Portuguese, so I can't even do <laughs> some witty back and forth about you being in Portugal. You're going to have to drive that.
1: Uh, mate, I'm out here in Portugal, and I know no Portuguese either. I think there's a, a different, <laughs> different words for thank you, depending on if you're speaking to a man or a woman. And I think I've done some faux pas there basically every day so far. <laughs> so.
0: Not a great start. That'll get <laughs> you through everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that gets me through a lot of sticky situations. Yeah, that's all you need. So yeah, no, here I am in Portugal, taking it chill, but uh, never too far away from the NFL.
0: Marvelous. Well then, Joe, uh, look. Everybody this week just wants to see some proper NFL action. So let's not beat around the bush here. Let's get on to a few of the topics that we want to talk about. What's new news? And then maybe a little look ahead to just some of the teams that have um, some key talking points that's worth discussing before we kick off the season. So let's start with some injury news. And by far the biggest news we've received all off season has got to be Travis Kelsey.
1: Yeah, so we were talking last week, basically saying that we haven't really had that long-running injury saga of a will-he-won't-he play uh, for any player really through the summer. I mean, there's definitely been injuries to certain players, but there seems to be a general kind of melee, uh, lack of interest in a lot of those injuries which are out there. Travis Kelsey, that's a different kettle of fish in both pure football terms, what he brings to the Chiefs, and also for a lot of people, fantasy. Uh, we, we don't often talk about fantasy too much, but I mean... It's an undeniable thing. I think he was ADP of five, so a lot of people care about this. And in today's training, it's breaking news for us. recording on a Tuesday evening, he hyperextended his knee, which puts him as a big doubt for Thursday. I'll say this: he's he's been put as a doubt right now. If he has hyperextended his knee, I mean that's a two to four week injury, so he's not going to play Thursday night.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and. Um, uh... Do you know what? It's it's worth getting into this and talking about it very briefly. I was just about to say, is it going to be a major loss for the Chiefs heading into their first matchup against the Lions, which is going to be the Thursday night game? But actually, out of all seasons, this is probably the best the Lions have looked in a long time. Well, yeah, it depends who
1: you're believing, really. If you're believing you know, the hype that's coming from the Lions, the way they played down the stretch to end the season last year with a you know, winning most of their games through the second half of the season. If you believe they're going to carry that through into the season, if you can get past some of the suspect trades and draft picks, which they did, then yeah, the Lions are looking a bit more promising now. Come on out. It is the Lions, though. I mean, I've almost had as many playoff wins as they have. So I'm, I'm not buying into that just yet. I want to see them open the season well. Will this Travis Kelsey injury change things? Will it make the Lions more likely to win? I think you lose a player like Kelsey, the amount of targets he accumulates, the release foul that he has for Mahomes, his threat in the red zone. I'd be happier if I was a Lions fan to not have Kelsey on the field. But Actually, I don't want to be kind of dramatic about it. I think an injury to Kelsey could be enough to shift this in the Lions' favour.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you because... We were speaking about, or we've spoken about this quite a bit in the off-season, about windows and about how teams set themselves up. We've already spoken last week about some teams making moves for players that we weren't entirely convinced in terms of overspending certain areas and not the right personnel picks. I think we can all agree, look, the Chiefs' team structure is, is fantastic they seem to always invest in the right places and not worry too much about the positions that you know they're happy to run a rookie running back into the ground they're happy to let Tyree Kill go off to the Dolphins and get in a rookie wide receiver or trade for somebody less prolific I think that works though because the key areas for the Chiefs, which are quarterback with Mahomes, tight end with Kelsey, some of those defensive players and O-line players, they're the ones that allow the success of some of those rookies that they can they can just run with. I think you take a key piece out like Mahomes or like Kelsey and actually... He was your safety valve. He was your go-to guy. And then whenever a rookie did get open, then you can fly it. But Kelsey was your, was your nailed-on passing option. And I think that could be a big issue concerning what the Chiefs have left in that wide receiver core. to be honest.
1: Absolutely. And look, you look at his 2022 season, played in 17 games, 110 receptions, 12 TDs. I mean, the numbers that he has uh, in terms of what he brings to the receiving game, they're up there with with the elitist wide receivers. I forget which year it was. It's been since we've done the pod. I think it may have been two seasons ago, three seasons ago, but he actually led the AFC in terms of yards. I mean... you're you're not going to replace that. And you look what the Chiefs have in terms of their wide receivers. I mean, Kadarius Toney, who himself is questionable. He kind of sits atop that depth chart now. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, you know, the one Green Bay receiver that Aaron Rodgers didn't want to come to the Jets. (laughs) Sky more. There's been a little bit of hype around players like Rasheed Rice and Justin Ross, but I mean, I don't think anyone's getting too excited about them at this stage. I just don't really see where the targets go, where the red zone threat is. I know, okay, I, I know that MVS can score now and again. I know that Kadarius Tony has a big frame on him, but uh, I've, I've not been sold on him despite the additional hype that he got when he went to the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, and none of them are out and out wide receiver ones. They rely on there being a bigger target to draw coverage so that they can get their occasional breakout deep threat plays. My concern is with no Kelsey there, and them drawing honest coverage, all of those wide receivers might struggle.
1: And this is it. You go back two, three years ago, and it was if they don't kill you with Kelsey, they'll kill you with Tyree Kill, or vice versa. And there was just too many players in that offense who you had to double team on that one of them wouldn't be double teamed and would get open. If the Lions D just plays well, there's not many players who are look at through this Chiefs team. We're really going to think, "Hey, we've got a game plan for this guy. We're going to have to always make sure a safety's on him." I just don't see that. So, Patrick Mahomes is really going to have his work cut out for him. It's it suddenly got a lot harder. This is Lions team, like we said. There's, there's a lot of focus on them, a lot of hype. They'll be, you know, wanting to bite kneecaps, like they say they do. So, yeah, right now, I wouldn't want to put money on the Chiefs.
0: The only thing that I will say in potentially the Chiefs' favour on this, looking a little bit further ahead, if Kelsey was going to go down at any stage in the season with a hyperextended knee, their first four games, assuming, you know, that he may have to sit for all four, you've got the Lions, the Jags, the Bears, and then the Jets. It's not awful. No, but... In
1: that same sense as well, they're games that you want to win. Cause there'll be harder games that are downstretch. The NFL is extremely competitive. Most bad teams, and we'll kind of probably get onto some of the real bad teams in a moment, but most teams who are perceived as bad any given Sunday can win a game. And you know, that's what makes the league so exciting and keeps us hooked. That Jags team, the Jags come in with a lot of hype. The Bears are literally reinvigorated now, and Justin Fields is finding his stride, all of these kind of things. There's ways that you can sell every team they've got to play with the Jets as well. Like you say, we were talking about the Jets hype during last week. So on paper, with a full team, the Chiefs would have probably been favourites for most, if not all of those games. But Travis Kelsey is just such a big, important part of their game plan that I really think that this changes things. There's two players who it matters, basically, if they're not on the field for that Kansas City, oh, of course, it's Patrick Mahomes, but it's Travis Kelsey as well. So uh, they'll be a different team. And, you know, and it goes without saying that we spoke about the wide receivers there, but uh, backup Noah Gray, I think he was a rookie last year, and Blake Bell, a huge uh, downgrades with no disrespect to them.
0: Yeah. All right, then, Joe. Let's move on to a couple of talking points for Sunday then. Let's start with the 49ers because I think, obviously, all eyes are probably going to be on Purdy for this one. He has won out the job there in San Fran. Trey Lance is no more. Garoppolo is no more. I mean, the 49ers, it's funny because I feel like every season we find ourselves talking about the 49ers and what their quarterback needs to play like in order for the front office to not look totally embarrassed. You know, when Jimmy Garoppolo had his shot, we were saying, oh, it's a bit of an awkward situation. If he overperforms, they've got problems. If he underperforms, it's an issue. With Purdy, I mean, what are we saying? He needs to be decent. Otherwise, the 49ers look embarrassed.
1: Absolutely. I think that anything less than above average quarterback play really starts to make this 49ers front office look bad. Now, you're right. At you start of last season, we were talking about how Jimmy G almost had to play in that sweet spot of not being too good and not being too bad to kind of justify what they'd done in terms of his contract. We also used to speak about how well the front office for 49ers ran that team. And we talked about the players they bought in, draft strategy, how they built that team, how they drafted well. And I think there was one episode where we were like waxing lyrical about it. I think the tables have turned a little bit and there's such a lot of pressure. Now, we haven't really gone into the Trey Lance, um, you know, whole saga. There's plenty out there on it. There's not really too much that we can add. But I think that for both of us, I think I speak for both of us here, Charles, where we feel that it's obviously a huge mistake. They've cut their losses on it now, but that was three first-rounders that they spent on a player. They basically got to get very little back for. Three first-rounders. And this team is a team that's basically been the bridesmaid in the NFC for quite a long time now, you know, they're always there or thereabouts, getting to the NFC Championship game, get into a Super Bowl, get into a divisional round, those kind of things, but just not being quite good enough to get a Lombardi. And you think a team this good with three first round picks, and you, you actually look at what the Dolphins spent those picks on uh, to strengthen their team when the 49ers traded up to get their spot this team could be so much better if they had that draft capital and didn't waste it on Trey Lance. Brock to gonna, he's going to have to play ice skin to kind of undo what I feel was damages. He's going to have to play to the level, really, of what they thought they were getting from Trey Lance. I think if there's an injury to Brock Purdy, which, you know, is out of anyone's control, again, that makes the questions come back because where's the backup? Where's the support? Who they really got back in that quarterback room? It's a bad situation to be in and all in all, it's... it's Almost unfair on Purdy, really, because it's just additional attention, additional focus, additional pressure, basically because of errors that the 49ers front office have made.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Um, The only thing I would say is, well, there's a a couple. First off, if the 49ers are the bridesmaids, then the Packers must be the page girls, because they, I feel... uh, (laughs) Page girls. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because they get one step further away than the 49ers. We seem to get beat out by the 49ers every time playoff comes around. Um, but also, you know, we made our own horrific decisions, well, to be determined, but I'm, I feel reasonably safe in the knowledge that, you know, that was a mismanaged team and we made crazy decisions to reach for a quarterback that we didn't need to reach for that we could have reinvested that draft capital elsewhere and and helped the team get to the Super Bowl I feel like when you look at the Eagles I don't know did they sort of luck out with who they ended up with quarterback and and his performance was it totally planned by the Eagles I don't think it was and I I think it's um Well, look, I think across the league, it's very hard to find a nailed on quarterback, especially when you look at some of the quarterbacks that have shone in the league. You know, we talk about Brady. He got drafted. What was it? Sixth. It was sixth. Yeah. So sixth round, you know, Rogers wasn't drafted first round. He had a bit of a chip on his shoulder about that. Are we going all in on the front office and just saying this was potentially really terrible or is it just difficult? And actually, when you look at all the other teams in the NFC, they've not really succeeded much more than the 49ers have. It's, it's just because they're so close though. And it's 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 just made yeah.
1: with that much worse because you it, it just leaves an even bigger sense of what could have been. Now, we've seen teams like, you know, we've seen the Browns whiff on first round picks so many times over the last 15 years we've seen the Jets do it as well there's plenty of teams out there that have a whiff but when you're so far away you're almost going to get those picks back again because it's just that rubbish you have whiffed you know the Browns were picking first it's felt like you know basically every year for like a five six year stretch this is a team where you don't have high draft capital you're basically a Super Bowl-caliber team. You just need those final pieces to send you over the edge, and they basically just broke down at the finish line. That's how it feels, and if so, it feels almost worse because they could have been there. All
0: right then, Joe, let's talk about another quarterback that's looking to take a step on. That's got to be Russell Wilson. I mean, we really gave him a good sort of slagging off when we talked about him last season. Um, Sean Payton is looking to reverse the fate of the Broncos. Do you think he's got a chance? Do you think they are a better looking Broncos team this year round?
1: It's far too early for me to say if I think they're better looking. I think that Nathaniel Hackett uh, basically got uh, rinsed in media about his tenure when he was head coach there. Sean Payton obviously carries a reputation with him, which is a lot stronger. Fundamentally, Russell Wilson couldn't really play worse than how he played last year. The different tenets of this team, the defense was playing at an above-average level. They have, what's on paper, a relatively strong receiving core, which they strengthened even more. It, it, It really felt like it was Wilson's quarterback play that was fundamentally preventing this team from being you know, a playoff contender, I think there was some kind of stat that basically if Russell Wilson had scored an average amount of points, they would have had a record of something like, I don't know, 12 wins, 13 wins, something like that. So this feels to me a little bit like a team where if Wilson even just gets close to what he is capable of, because he's not a bad quarterback, we've criticized him, we've said bad things about him, we've, you know, been pretty harsh on Harsh but fair on how his play was last year. But if he does get close to those levels again, this is a team I think could surprise. But they've got to go out there and do it. And I think playing the Raiders first game would be a really good place to see where that team is and will be in a better position next week to say if they do look better. Raiders are a team who aren't garbage, but equally they're probably not a team that anyone is is expecting really to set the world on fire. So a really good team to kind of get a benchmark And yeah, see if there is any improvement in Russell Wilson's play.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. It feels like a matchup where I'm not expecting either of these teams to to make playoffs, but I'm super excited to see how they start the season because they're teams that I feel are in that middle ground that have the potential to take a step on or fall dramatically backwards. And I think these are two teams that week one will both feel like they really have something to prove. So I, I hope we get quite a tense, hard-fought match there.
1: Well, yeah, and I'm just going to take things a little bit further. I, I, I truly actually believe that uh, this Broncos team could be a dark horse. And the only reason why I don't say that with more certainty is because the AFC is clearly so competitive. There's so many good teams in the AFC.
0: Well, that's my issue with it. I really struggle to see, unless they play lights out, how they're making playoffs with all the star-studded AFC teams out there.
1: But just this is a very good defense. It's a, a Super Bowl-winning uh, quarterback they've got in there. Yes, his play has declined a little bit over the last couple of seasons, but he don't suddenly suck as bad as he sucked last year. If he can get fixed, if he can get you know near to that standard, they could shock a few.
0: Yeah, but do you see them coming above the
1: Chiefs or the Chargers? I'm going to say Jury's out on Chargers still. Like, okay, I haven't seen enough to make me think, hey, this Chargers team are, you know, the nailed on kind of playoff contenders that everyone keeps saying that they are. Everyone keeps looking at Justin Herbert's stat line and saying that he's this and he's that and he's painting Manning and he's this and he's that. But I mean, what have the Chargers actually really done? What have they really done since Justin Herbert has been quarterback? They've shown potential,
0: but I'm not sold. I agree but i think they've shown a damn sight more than the broncos have it over the last two three years um which is what gives me more confidence but yeah look let's wait and see and and we're going to come on to a a section a little bit later on where they might crop up so let's move swiftly on to the cardinals because we talked about them last episode i mean look do we think they're coming dead last i think they are i don't know if you've got a different opinion This is a bad team. This is a bad
1: team. They've lost players. They have traded away players with potential. They don't seem to have strengthened as much as they should have done through the draft. I struggle to find many positives with this Cardinals team. There's not really much else that I can add to that. And whereas I see that this game for the Broncos is almost, let's see where your improvement is. I see this game for the Cardinals against Washington being... Let's see how bad you are. And Washington are a team who basically no one really expects to set the world on fire. They're probably generally regarded in the bottom quartile of NFL teams. You know, one of the eight worst teams in the league with the Cowboys, the Eagles, and even the Giants in their division. They're not expected to. They're probably not expected to come more than fourth, really, in their division. Let alone make playoffs. So if they go out there and put points up on the Cardinals I think we could get a measure for just how ugly the season could get for the Cardinals
0: let me ask you a question they lose to the commanders do you think they might go without winning a single game this season
1: no no I, I wouldn't say that and I'll tell you controversially why I think that be the case because I believe that in their division they actually have another team which is going to be terrible this season that people are almost letting fly and not really jumping on how bad this team could be that's the Rams.
0: Wow. You think the Rams are going to be potentially Cardinals level bad?
1: I think that the Rams are a... Well, the Cardinals are going to get two goes to play the Rams and I can see the Rams losing one of those games.
0: Yeah. Nice. Okay. I like that call. I. I mean... I agree with you. I don't think the Rams are competing this season. Obviously, we know, uh, well, you know, talking about injuries at the beginning of the episode, we know Cooper Cup's not 100% at the moment, and he was such a major part of what made the the Rams look, you know, slightly good last year. I'll be honest, I, I've, I sort of feel like Cooper Cup papers over the cracks of that team. But I don't know. I just, I don't see any redeeming elements within the Cardinals right now whereas I kind of feel like the Rams at least have parts of that team which are functioning
1: yeah but look there's rumors still that um, Stafford is broken and basically irreparable oh that I think it might damage, be. that the shoulder damage that he has he's not going to come back from that they're basically just managing him kind of game to game. He can't do half the game plan that they'd probably like to introduce because he's just incapable with his shoulder. This is a Rams team but I just don't feel has strengthened in the areas where they've needed to strengthen. They seem to have gone backwards since they're in Super Bowl. I don't like this Rams team at all, man. So in answer to your question, yeah, I think that the Cardinals will win a game. And I think the most likely place that win is going to come from is the Rams okay nice now we're going to see if the Rams be even 50 nil but twice (laughs) twice twice yeah
0: yeah I mean I was maybe looking at the Texans you know that's not a good team I kind of feel like that could go either way um and you're always in for a who knows with the Falcons so they were maybe the two games that I thought yeah they're, they're kind of games that could go either way but I don't know I think I think they're going to be very close to that zero to one win. We're going
1: into the season where we're seeing several teams basically running with either pure rookie quarterbacks who weren't touted really at the same level that we've seen previously quarterbacks touted at, or we're seeing teams run with what are undoubtedly, you know, should be second or third stringers like what the Cardinals are doing. There's a lot of teams out there where their quarterback play just is not going to be at the level that it should be for the NFL. Now, there will be teams that surprise us, and there's you know every chance that we're going to have a new kind of Brock Purdy-type player this season where someone just comes from nowhere and plays great, and I hope we do. But there's going to be several bad teams out there. And the Cardinals, I think, get to play all of those bad teams. So, yeah. So there's probably going to be a few of those games this season, I feel, where you might be staying up to watch it on a Thursday night and just thinking, what am I doing here? <laughs> all right then, Joe. So I've talked about the games and the players who I'm looking at this weekend, Charles. Um, what's going to float your boat for week one?
0: I think for me, look, um, obviously... There's going to be an element of me that's still obsessed with seeing how Aaron Rodgers succeeds outside of Green Bay. Um, so I'm always going to be interested in the Jets game. But I, I, we talked a little bit about the hype train of the Jets last week and how the Bills kind of stack up against them. I'm really looking forward to that Monday night football game. I think that, look, the Bills were a, a really decent team last year. I think that this will be a phenomenal test for the new look Jets. And I don't know, I think that could just be a really feisty game. I think the Bills might, I think the Bills will win it, personally. I think money line wise, Bills are still the favourites. So I think i back them on that. They're narrow favourites, but I kind of agree with Vegas on that one.
1: Interesting, because look, we've mentioned it in the last kind of few weeks, that some people have this Bills team kind of leaving the window now with some of those previously cheap rookies now on expensive contracts, some of the older vets injured leaving, that perhaps the chance that the Bills had to make a Super Bowl run to challenging the AFC is coming to an end. So it would be good to see them benchmark themselves and um, potentially start strongly against what is a hyped team to show that they're still on course.
0: And then Joe, What about surprises? You know, we've talked about the games we're looking forward to, some of the games that we think there's interesting elements to look out for. Do you think there are any big surprises here? I don't want to hear any hot takes, just where you think we might see an upset. So,
1: you know us, Chaz, we don't do the hot takes. We're not interested in saying things for the sake of saying things here. We're not, not Stephen A. Smith. We're not Chip Bayless. But harking back to one of the points that I raised previously on the show, if I'm going to say a surprise, a team that perhaps will... Beat the money line, so to speak. It's um, Steelers. I really think the Steelers have a chance against the 49ers. 49ers are, I believe, the second consensus NFC team. And I know that's quite a um, weak field there. But after the Eagles, or basically in line with the Eagles, people have the 49ers to win the NFC and go to Super Bowl. I could see them getting off to a losing start against the Steelers. Like I said, not a hot take not going to put my mortgage on it. But if I was looking for somewhere where looking at who a favorite is and how certain do I feel about it, it's that matchup.
0: Nice. Okay. I think there's two games I'm looking at for me. And to be fair, one of them is maybe debatable. Packers-Bears, the differential is tiny. We're talking like 1.5 here. So, you know, to say either team is necessarily a favorite is maybe slightly harsh. But as Vegas has it, Bears are the favorite. I'm still not convinced with that Fields is their savior. I just don't believe that that's enough to make this team amazing. And I know Green Bay have a, a lot of their own issues, but I don't know I think week 1 they might just they might just sneak it. Hopefully Aaron Rodgers left the keys when he left Green Bay and we still own the Bears. Who Do you knows? know that man?
1: That's a game that going into the season it just feels irrelevant almost. Like there's so much kind of hype on like the Lions, more so on the Vikings as well with kind of what they're doing there. It's almost like they're playing for third and fourth place in the NFC North.
0: Well, they are, really. I don't think anyone's expecting either of these teams to climb above that. Yeah. Then the other one for me, and this obviously sort of flies a little bit in the face of what I was saying before, but it is the Dolphins and the Chargers. Chargers are the favourites here. And I'm just, even though I think, The Dolphins have made some strange off-season moves. I am like you. I'm not convinced with the Chargers. For me, the biggest issue is not the personnel on the field. It's the personnel in the video rooms, coaching, you know, kind of training pitch. I'm just not convinced that the LA front office has it together and knows how to get the best use out of this team. And I think until they do a bit of an overhaul there they might kind of struggle to reach their potential Mm, fair fair well joe we've given a few things that we'll be looking out for we've talked about a few surprises a few injuries all that's left now to do is sit back crack open a can and get ready for some nfl action
1: you enjoy it charles i'll speak to you about it next week speak next week